0: For 20% off. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're gonna hear a valuable hunting based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southerngroundhunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now,
1: let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Southern Ground Hunting. Uh, we are really excited to uh, talk to you all this week. Um, we had a very interesting episode last week. Hopefully, hopefully y'all were able to tune into that. So, to get into this week, I've got no other than Parker McDonald with us. Um, Parker, how are you doing?
0: Man, we are, like, I know this is a deer podcast. This one is actually not specific to deer necessarily, Um, but I'm in turkey mode, dude. Like, my mind, I've literally got this turkey call. I've been walking around with it in my mouth all day, really, like, for the last two weeks. Um, Like, it's actually, I found it'd probably be a pretty good way to stop dipping yeah like plan to it in stop dipping deer in turkey season that way you just keep a turkey calling mouth. so dude hey, i'm that, ready for it, keep,
1: it keeps your attention well good man it's uh it's gonna be here soon i know you got a trip coming up and you
0: Florida, know people yeah. can
1: can listen to our other the limb hanger podcast to hear a little bit more about that but today we're gonna talk deer ducks everything in between homestead stuff everything uh we've got miss elizabeth brown brownell with us, did I say that right? Did I get it right? I know. Okay, right now. Okay, so you specifically after before the I show, know, I, I <laughs> forgot. I, I'm not great on that. I'm not great on that. But anyways, uh, Elizabeth, we're glad you're here. Um, and just really want to talk to you, pick your mind on your uh, presence in the outdoor industry and kind of how you got into uh, hunting and and how you're uh, consumed with it now. Um, everybody can tell, you know, from seeing any of your social media that you just love the outdoors now. And I want to know how. I want to know why and, you know, how you got into it as a woman and how you keep uh, portraying that to other women uh, to get in the outdoors. So, Elizabeth, just tell us real quick um, a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, and uh, maybe even your social media so people will know who you are.
2: Yeah, so I'm Elizabeth. I am twenty seven and I started the account rookie hunting um when I kind of just like accidentally found this like giant obsession, right? I think like, you know, when you talk to people who hunt, like it's really easy to explain like why you're just absolutely like addicted to it. It's just unlike anything else. But I grew up in Virginia and then I went to college in South Carolina and ended up moving back to Virginia. And um I was Uh, kind of pursuing sustainability like self-sustainability and what that would look like for my future and that actually kind of led me um, I was like on a plant-based diet for a while so I started you know as a vegetarian and then I was vegan um, and kind of just trying to figure out like again what does self-sustainability look like to me Um, I thought it would be a really kind of like insightful skill when COVID happened like how does it look What does it look like to get like meat from an actual animal? I thought that was like a really resourceful, realistic life skill that I knew I had absolutely like no idea how to do that. Um, I think when COVID happened, it made a lot of people think like, what is our future going to look like, if that makes sense? And so I just asked a friend if he would just um, take me with him, like opening day of archery. And um, I just wanted to see the process, like, start to finish. Um, And he did exactly that. And I told him, I was like, I'm not going to hate you. Like, I promise, like, you know, I'm not going to look at you any different. I just want to learn. I'm probably going to cry the whole time. Like, I'm probably going to absolutely hate it. Um, And it was just nothing like I ever thought it would be. I think everything I thought about hunting and, like, the modern-day hunter, like, everything I thought was literally wrong and it was just coming from like a place of pure ignorance so I mean once I started I just I didn't stop really so I think it's you know it's changed my whole life.
0: Elizabeth you um you mentioned something that as I sit here and think back we've we've got five years worth of episodes um and unfortunately it's actually kind of unfortunate we haven't ever talked about this idea of like self-sustainability and uh I mean that's really really what hunting is rooted in, right? And we like to tout it about like, yeah, well, we're do- we're hunting for meat and whatever. But we really don't talk about it. And um not as much as maybe we should. And I've noticed um I, I have a-, a a perspective that might be a little bit unique for most deer hunters in that um I'm a musician and so I'm in that space um of like musicians and like these skinny jean wearing skateboarders, you know, and I listened to metal music growing up. Like I grew up in the metal scene, and now I'm a deer hunter, and I've always been a deer hunter. Even when I was younger, I was always a deer hunter, and so it's kind of a a weird thing. But what I've noticed, uh, when I was a kid, I was my only one of my friends who hunted. Hardly anybody hunted my age. I was obsessed with it, but hardly anybody else did. As I get older, these guys and girls start doing i mean basically exactly what you're talking about about this self sustainability like how can we be the most productive human possible like to where everything we need we get ourselves and i've i've noticed a lot of people in our age group i would consider you if you're 27 i'm 32 so we're in that same age group this idea of self sustainability kind of changes people's minds about what hunting actually is when you actually get into it. Was there a moment for you that really sticks out as like the, holy crap, this is different. And could you explain that moment?
2: For sure. Um, I think it was that very, like very first day he took me out. Um, he he shot a, he thought it was a doe and it ended up being a button buck. And so within like him shooting it. And then like 30 minutes later, they, you know, him and his buddy were, you know, explaining to me like, Hey, here's, here's your knife. Like, this is how you're going to get it. Like, this is what you want to learn. Like, we're going to help you, but you're going to do it yourself. And we're going to guide you through that process from that moment. And then maybe within the hour, right? Like we're grilling backstrap in their shed, like in their garage. And I just, it like clicked. I was like, I was like, okay, like hunters aren't just straight like murderers. I was like, this is food. And this is like, not only one meal, right? Like one deer can feed you for, you know, depending on the size of your family, like months, right? So it just like, once I, it not really silly, right? It's like, oh, yeah, it's food. But like, for someone who doesn't, didn't grow up hunting, didn't grow up around people who hunted like friends or family or literally anybody like that connection of like, this is food. Like we were just in the woods hunting. This animal, I saw it was alive. I saw how its life ended, and although that's a somber feeling, like I didn't shed a single tear because it was the most interesting thing I'd ever seen. And so I feel like, unfortunately, hunting is one of those things that you actually have to experience for your mind to change. Um, and I I try to preach it now, right, to like people who are where I used to be like whether they're, you know, they're vegan, or like they're, they're pursuing sustainability, like through a vegan diet, because they think that's the only way, or even just like my best friends from college, and they're like, I can't believe you're killing animals. And I'm like, let's go take a look at my freezer. And I'll show you like every (laughs) single story. Because I know, like, I literally know, like, I've written on the packages, right, that I do myself, like the date, or if they have a name, or if like, what state. So it's like, When you, if you care about that, like the way I do, I'm not going to say it justifies everything, but like, that's where it just totally clicks of like, we were just, we just saw this animal walking in its own like habitat on its own terms, living its own life. And now we're grilling backstrap and it tastes amazing and it's fresh and it's like the most organic thing you can
0: eat. I want to. Yeah. I, I gotta. Sh- yeah, I gotta go share ahead. a story about this, Matt. Sorry, my little dumb-looking hand. I am <laughs> <laughs> me. Um. So it, this actually just happened tonight. We had this conversation. So I. And we made. I'm. I'm trying to get my daughter over the idea of eating deer meat. Um. I, I guess at a young age, it's like instilled in them that it's different, and even though it's not, she's been eating it yeah. literally her whole life. Um. And so I made these like these burger volcanoes. Um, big pile of deer meat hollowed out with cheese and bacon and like good stuff in there. And then you kind of close it where there's a little hole, the volcano comes out or whatever. Well, my wife seasoned the burger and she's like, is this okay? Like, do you think I seasoned it well? And so I just took like a little chunk of it, of the raw meat and put it in my mouth to see if it was salted decently. And she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. And I was like, it's just deer meat. She said, well, that makes it worse. I'm like, actually, it doesn't. Because this deer was not ground in its own feces. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things about that, that industry, the food industry and the meat industry. Like this meat is so much more pure. That's why I I mean, I love it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to beat. Um, I tell, and I think a lot of people, um, they cook it wrong. Um, I've, I've noticed on your page, you're very adamant about how you prepare your food, you know? the pictures you posted, you know, everything looks delicious and it's very appealing um that it tastes good because it does. And I think a lot of people, you know, either they cook it too long or they don't marinate it um long enough and that, that they just get a bad it gets a bad rap. Um yeah. but anyways going back, you were talking to about the the guy you just you just wanted him to take you out. Um I've always had the fear, um I've taken my wife hunting with me and I've always had the fear that something ba- you know one of those traumatic stories was going to happen, and they they would never come back. So I'm glad you had you know a, a pleasant experience that nothing you know nothing bad happened um, uh, during that. But that's that's all I can think about when it, anytime I want to take somebody, I want them to I want them to enjoy themselves. I want them to know why I love it, and like you said, why we're basically addicted to it because it's so much fun. It's such a passion of ours, and we want to share it with others. And that's that's the hard thing for us as, as men is you know how do we how do we share that with women you know how do we get that out and i think you've done a very good job of showing women that hey it's done you, like you said you went from being vegan nobody in your house uh, growing up hunted what what did they think when you said hey i'm going to go out and be a be a huntress or a hunter or whatever
2: um you know i think at first they were definitely like confused um And then I think my parents, they were more concerned from like a safety aspect. They were like, oh, like you're just hunting with random like men from the Internet. Like that sounds really safe. And I'm like, you know, when you you, when you put it like that, it's a little sketchy. And then when I started hunting like public land by myself, especially my parents were like, really concerned like hey let us know where you're going and i'm like hey like i don't i don't live at home like i don't like we're good like i don't need to tell you like what are you going to do anyway you're not going to know that i'm like i'm good it's i'm carrying a weapon like it's really not as like sketchy as you guys like are thinking it is but even that first you know i guess i started hunting in october of 2020 like even that christmas um they got me a bunch of like hunting stuff so like you know although they were confused um they were immediately supportive too and and they still are so i'm definitely pretty fortunate um and i I think once i started cooking for them too like they realized like okay like this is this is like next level food so yeah Uh, they were definitely supportive of that
0: do you want to know more about saddle hunting well you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment, where everything works together, and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out. Elizabeth, Matt was talking about traumatic experiences. Have you ever, have you had any of those like moments that could be, could be like considered a a loss for the hunting team? I want (laughs) to know what happened and, and how did you get over it?
2: And when you said that, honestly, I thought to, immediately I thought to, um, I spined a doe last year and, um, yeah, I just, I remember telling people like after I'm like, if that would have been my first experience hunting, I would have never gone back out. Yeah. So I think you're right. Like it is kind of when you take new people, like you're kind of taking a, a kind of a little bit of a chance. Um, and you need to really like be careful about what shots you're even taking because like that could totally ruin that experience for someone. Um, you know, I'd, I'd read, you know, I'd read blogs or I'd like seen videos of where, you know, other people spine a deer, but, um, like the second it happened, I was, I just immediately knew I was like, Oh, I was like, she's paralyzed, like right in front of me. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty transparent. I'm really emotional. So like, and I try to tell people all the time, like you can be as emotional as you want when you're hunting. Cause it's, um it's a, it's a weird thing. Like, I think it triggers a lot of people emotions, like whether you're, you know, a 27 year old girl, or you're like a 50 year old man, um, you know, these are like they're animals, like they they're living their own life. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of people are like desensitized to it sometimes. But like, I think we're holding an impact, right? So like, to be as ethical as possible, I think is one of the most important things to to really strive to to be. But Um, I just straight, I've never gotten out of my self-climber like that fast. Like I'm pretty sure I just like slid down the whole tree. Um, I've never been able to pull my crossbow back without like a cocking rope. I did it straight adrenaline and I took a second shot and I just sat next to her and I sobbed just like I absolutely sobbed for just a really long time. And then I finally like composed myself and I was like, okay, like this is still a better situation than you taking a shot and you not being able to find your deer. Yeah. So although like I was sad the rest of the day and then once I kind of like posted it and I just told everyone like, hey, like I fucked up this morning. Like I took a really bad shot and whether she ducked or it was my angle, like regardless, like I don't ever want to see an animal like struggling like that in front of me. Like that's hard to watch. So I just told everyone about it. And I just was honest. And honestly, the comments kind of made me feel 10 times better because everyone was like, this happens. And again, like you still harvested a deer today. Like that's not, you know, that's still something to celebrate. So um, I do kind of feel fortunate sometimes when I'm experiencing something for a first and I'm able to go on social media and share it with people and you know, it can, social media can be a really negative place sometimes, but there is that, you know, off chance that, um, people with more experience are always there to tell me like, Hey, this is normal. Like, thanks for being honest and like genuine about what happened. So.
0: You know, I don't think, I don't think it's sexist to say that men and women are wired with different emotions. It's just, it's just pretty true. You know what I mean? Like, like, your response to some things are going to be different than my response to some things and Matt's response to some things. And one of those things, to me, it, that, I, that I've that i seen is that women are just naturally more compassionate. You're more compassionate humans than men are. Like, my son, he will stomp every bug that he sees from the day he was old enough to walk. But my daughter, there's a good chance, like, if she if she steps on a bug, she might be sad about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just kind of natural and so i'm i'm always interested to know like those moments like how how did how you got over it and how you responded and today it's 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 both a blessing and a curse that social media people can people can either build you up or te- tear you down um it seems like more people want to build you up than tear you down but the ones that tear you down are a little bit louder uh, than the ones that want to build you up And so with that, there's a lot of peer pressure that comes with being a social media influencer, for lack of a better word. Um, And I can imagine being a social media female influencer, there's other levels of pressure that are there. Um, Do you feel that within the hunting space? And if you do, I want to know, you're smiling, so I'm thinking you probably do (laughs) at at some point, (laughs) at some level. Um so because you do um tell me like how you handle these things like how do you handle the comments and the the mean things and the things that are there that are just really tearing you down
2: Um it's hard it's definitely yeah. hard um you know I started out on Instagram and for a while I didn't want to make a TikTok um I wasn't on the app so um I just I wasn't really interested in it Um, and then I talked to a couple people and they were like hey like your TikTok could just bring more people to your Instagram like you can just use it to kind of move in that direction if you just want to stay primarily on Instagram so I was like absolutely so I caved and I made a TikTok and what I was not expecting is that like Instagram is such a nicer place um I like I will I will stay on this hill till like, Instagram is so much more supportive. Like I've, yeah, like absolutely. I get aggressive comments or aggressive DMs um, that can be really hateful. Sure, but looking at percentages, like TikTok is far more brutal. Like people are, and and I will say it is in half because TikTok, like you're you're able to get a lot of more views. So like. The views I've had on TikTok are nowhere near what I've had on Instagram, but sometimes that's because like people are actually just ripping me to shreds and like that is going to keep the video going right on TikTok. Yeah, they push it. Yeah, they do. Right. So I just TikTok kind of sucks. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I want to delete it like every other day because I like again, I it's a lot more negative. Um, how to get over that? I don't know. Like I still to this day, <laughs> I feel like Sometimes I want to delete all my accounts and then I'll get a DM usually on Instagram and it'll be someone who was in my position and they're like hey like I wanted to learn how to hunt and I didn't know anyone who didn't grow up doing it so I didn't think it was possible so like thank you for being honest or thank you for sharing like your journey and like what you've been able to learn like it makes me feel like I am able to do that. And the second I get that DM I feel like my battery is recharged. I'm like okay like I'm not absolutely failing at everything. Like, I'm doing okay. Like, and I feel like, again, being honest and genuine for other people to see um, is important. So I, I just try to keep chugging along. But as far as the pressure, I feel like, absolutely. I feel like I, I feel a lot of pressure. I don't know if it's just the pressure I put on myself. Um, I know we talked like earlier, kind of um, before we went on here, how some accounts can. You know, they're gearing kind of towards a different um, kind of aesthetic, right? Like some women um, in the outdoor community, they're using... Aesthetic,
0: that's a great... Aesthetic is a great word.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Um, They're using, right, like their... We could say looks or bodies like to get views. And if you want to do that, go for it. But I feel like I'm I'm already struggling to like feel respected in the outdoor space. um, That is male dominated, right? Um, that I feel very hesitant to do that because like I want to be taken seriously and I feel like I can't do that if I'm just trying to get like a bunch of likes and, and clicks
1: yeah that's that's huge um, and I'm glad you noticed that you know some people are kind of blind blind to the fact um, but maybe just ignorant um, but uh, I wanted to ask you know I know you said you had an Instagram account and then you went to TikTok was there a moment where you where you were like, "Hey, I've got an impact. You know, I, I've got a platform here that I can share my story." Because your name is Rookie Hunter or Rookie Hunting, um, and I I, lo- I love the name because you're you're just you're you're not trying to be you know the professional hunter or anything like that. You're like, "Hey, I'm new at the, new at this. I'm working on it." And what you're are you three years in now?
2: Yeah, so I started in 2020.
1: So so yeah, you you jump in it, you do the public land grind you get in there with everybody else and you do it but was there like I want to say a post um maybe maybe even a video that you were like hey I I may have I may have something here
2: I think what's funny is that um I came up with the name Ricky Hunting because again it was that for very first season and at that time I, I wasn't even I I didn't even think I wanted to carry a weapon. I think I just wanted to start like learning more. So I just kept going out with those same friends and like, you know, they had private land so it was easy for me to go with them. And then when I felt like I was maybe ready to carry a weapon, like I was using their stuff. Like they really absolutely just introduced me into the world of it. But I remember I was trying to, um, I was trying to, I think as naturally like our age group, we go to social media sometimes like to learn whether it's YouTube or Instagram. So I was trying to find other females that hunt and a lot of them, like, it seemed like they grew up doing it and they're like comfortable in their space and they already know what they're doing. And I just kept trying to look up. I'm like, there's gotta be some like, like rookie hunting. Like I just kept looking up that handle. I was like rookie hunter. I was like new hunter. I was like newbie hunter. I was like, where are these accounts that like should tell me the basics? I think a lot of people, they forget, like they've been doing it their whole life. So when they're, you know, they're sitting there and like, let's get to the basics, like no offense to anyone, but I think they do a really not great job at actually getting down to the basics, right? Mm-hmm. They'll be like, okay, like we're looking for rubs and scrapes, but like, they won't like actually take the time to say like, hey, like this might be something you're misidentifying in the woods or like, hey, this is like what you're specifically looking for. Like, I feel like people don't break it down enough. And I know me for sure, like I don't either, cause I'm, I'm still trying to educate and like learn at the same time. So I do try like I'm trying to be more educational on my account instead of just like sharing my journey if that makes sense. Yeah. But um but yeah, so I just kept looking up for Ricky Hunting and like nothing was coming up, so I was like I'll just I'll, I'll make the account like. Yeah. And then I think that first season I had like 50 followers and I just kept remember thinking I was like why are people actually following this account? Like I'm just taking pictures of like fields and like just birds and random stuff. But, um, I was just so confused, but it just, it kept like, the momentum just kept going. So I was like, okay, like we're going for it. Like this is happening. Like, I'm just going to keep trying to post. So, and here we are now. So, yeah. well,
0: and, and here's the cool thing. Um, you've got some, some credibility as well. Um, just looking, skimming through, I noticed there's some pictures of a a pretty nice buck that you killed on public land, um, right behind you. Yeah, I see him yeah. sitting there. Yeah. Um, I I think it's cool. Uh, it, it's it's a good thing that we look for credibility in people before putting them on a platform like what we're doing right now. Right? Like, like we we put credible people on this podcast and we wouldn't have you on the podcast if we didn't feel like you were credible and and when you look at things like your progression and you really wanting to learn um and probably taking in a whole lot of information at one time um to somehow in your what was it your second season that you that you killed that buck that public land deer or yeah. was it, yeah your second season
2: this opening day of my second season of Whitetail.
0: Holy frick. I didn't realize it was opening day. Tell me. Yeah, it, it was yeah.
2: opening day in like the first 30 minutes. Like it, I, again, like when it happened, I feel like, again, I shared it on Instagram and a lot of people were like, hey, you might not realize this, but like you might never get that kind of high again. And I was like, all right. I was like, that's okay.
0: <laughs> okay. So you did something right here. Like somewhere in your second season, You go on public land on opening day of all days and kill a buck. Like, where – tell me this story. Tell me what happened. Like, was it just a luck thing or was it, like, you felt like you were really good prepared?
2: And you say credibility, right? And I know that's, like, an important thing in the industry. I feel like I have such, like, inexperience that I never – Right, I feel like when when I do get those comments that it's like it's just beginner's luck. I'm like, yeah, maybe. I'm like, I I have no idea. Like, I'm not really sure. are um,
1: still grown. Money. there's still grown men who haven't killed, you know, a buck, let alone on public land. Yeah, know, like, yeah, it's it's a big and deal. I, I, don't,
2: I don't think I realized at the time. You know, again, like that, that first season of hunting, I was you know on private land only, um, and learning at you know with other people. So I knew I didn't necessarily like that in the sense that I don't like depending on other people. You know, there were some days I wanted to go hunting and like either they weren't going or they didn't want me to go to that certain spot. So like I I didn't I right off the bat, I was like, okay, like at some point, I don't know when, but I need to get my own weapons and I need to figure out how to hunt on my own. And I knew I didn't own land. So I was like, I came to them and I was like, hey, like, have you guys heard of like public land? And what is it? And like, how does it work? And both of my buddies were like, yeah, that's how you get shot. They were like, we don't do that. You shouldn't do that either. Like, that's really dangerous. Like, just don't. Yeah, don't do that. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um,
0: So you did it. So there I was on public land.
2: (laughs) I'm definitely the kind of personality you tell me not to do something. I'm going to, I'm going to go do it immediately. So. Um, But yeah, so I just kept doing research. I was like, okay, like, um, at that time, I was, I was so lucky. I lived in a county that had five units of public land, like five WMAs. Now I live in a county that has zero. So um, like the public land um, WMA that I shot him at, it's about like an hour and a half away from me. So um I'll still hunt it but not as often and you know again it takes me a little while to get there so for a morning hunt that's especially hard but at that time I wasn't living too far from there and it was funny cuz I scouted that spot I want to say like 2 or 3 weeks before opening day like it was late and I only went there once and I saw a huge doe and so I was like I want to come back here Yeah and so I did. And instead of a doe walking out, this, you know, he was the first deer I saw. No. Um, and it was at like 7 30, like it was early. So God. he just came in at like 75 yards and he just walked the exact trail I was hoping, you know, a deer would walk. And he gave me a 15 yard shot. And I mean, I took the shot and it straight up like went through his heart and I, he dropped like 40 yards from me. So I heard him drop, but in my adrenaline, I was like, did I miss? I was like, was it a spike? (laughs) I was like, I have no idea. Like I saw antler and I wasn't counting. Like I was, I was ready to shoot a doe that morning. So really our first year I saw like was going to be my first year. So, or not first year, but you know, opening day. So when I walked up to him, and I, you know, I posted the video a couple times, but I just, I think I said "holy shit" like maybe like twenty times, and I was just <laughs> hysterical. Like I couldn't believe he was an eight point because I, I was again, I was prepared to shoot a spike. Like I didn't, I didn't care. So,
0: dang, yeah, God, that-, that is that's a crazy story. And like, um, there's sure maybe maybe beginners luck, whatever. I mean, but there are aspects of. Uh, from what i do know about you you take information in like you absorb it right like you're pretty transparent about being a rookie and you're absorbing a ton of information so there's definitely don't don't downplay yourself with that hunt cuz like there's probably things that you did in that and even right this second with what you know at this point you may not realize like holy cow i did i did this and that's why that hunt worked out I've had so many experiences now um, as an adult, you know, and like when I'm, as I really dive deep into tactics and talking to other people and I'll think back to hunts that I had when I was younger and be like, oh, that's why that spot produced every single year because it had this feature. Things I didn't even realize then, like I just kind of lucked into it, but Going back a little bit to this idea of say self-sustainability, um, really, uh, w- the way I I say it, you you are becoming in tune with your natural, the the natural drive of your body is to hunt, right? Like that that's it is a new concept that we don't hunt for our food. Um. Yeah. And so I think I think there is like a a, a basic instinct. There's an instinct that we have to do that. Um as you've been as you've been pursuing this and really pursuing this lifestyle, are there things that have maybe caused reservation in you on like the, is, it, is it is it is it okay? You know you know what I'm saying like do you ever have reservations about this lifestyle as somebody who had no prior experience with hunting?
2: Honestly, no. And I think that's why I say a lot like people who, you know, bash hunting or they're anti hunting, whether they're vegan or not, you know, um, I always say like, until you experience it, I can't change your mind. Um, There's no blog you can read. There's no YouTube video you can watch. There's no, you know, Instagram account you can follow. That'll change your mind until you actually experience it. So I feel like for me, within that first year, I was like, yeah, like I could see this being the rest of my life. Like, this is how I want to eat. If I'm able to kill a certain amount of animals that I don't have to go to the grocery store, um, this is how I want to live. When you say instinctive, I I absolutely agree. Like, trying to explain to people like how natural this feels. Especially if they're coming from the perspective of like they think it's like me murdering, you know, an animal. Um, it's hard to, to try to explain to them like this. It feels so natural,
1: yeah. And
2: and not like in a psychotic way, but of like a like I'm able to go out and like provide for myself. And again, it's an animal that wasn't bred for slaughter. They are literally living their their free life in the wild. And I think a lot of people don't realize that the way their lives end are not peaceful, but, you know, like you, you know, shooting a deer and it it drops, you know, within view, like that's a very quick way to, you know, for their life to end. So um, I think it's a very natural, very instinctive thing. And I I don't think it takes long for your, the gears to start, you know, thinking like, this is how I want to live. Yeah,
1: absolutely. that's, That's great the So, the homestead stuff, do you have like a garden? Do you do a garden each year and everything
2: yeah, so um i i when i was twenty five I bought my first house um and I have an acre of land, so um that and there I kind of started um just adding garden beds, so this year will be the biggest uh garden i you know I'm gonna do um and I imagine every single year it's just gonna keep you know continuing to get bigger. Um, I got pretty lucky. Again, like hunting made me realize what I'm actually capable of and what I'm interested in, in doing and again, how I want to live my life. So I got pretty lucky. My one of my buddies I met actually up in Maryland, I hunt with him. He moved into an HOA. So he had to get rid of his chickens and turkeys. And he knew I had just bought my house. So he literally like brought them all over on a trailer. And I ended up with, you know, a bunch of chickens and turkeys. So that was my first introduction to that. And he definitely downplayed it. Tyler, if you're watching this, he was like, oh, no, it's so easy. Like, you'll be fine. And I was like, just I don't ta- know.
1: Just take him. Get him off my hands.
2: <laughs> So I definitely didn't know what I was getting, um, getting into. But again, because of hunting, like I was able to harvest one of those turkeys, like for Thanksgiving. Um, And that's something I never thought I'd be able to do because that's no longer a wild animal. Like this is, you know, a pet that I named and I cuddled with every day. And now, you know, I'm serving him to my family and friends. So that's definitely, that's a learning curve too. And um, if I were to explain that to myself, like five years ago, I'd be like, oh, so you're like, you're you're crazy now like that's that makes sense but.
1: that that's that's great that it led into that because that was one of my questions i guess because i saw one of your posts and you had like your your thanksgiving menu and it said like t- our pet turkey you know uh, was his name freddie or something like that yeah
2: so like uh i name all my chickens and turkeys like after um presidents or first ladies
1: okay yeah so that's probably
0: that pretty, pretty morbid funny. when you go to slaughter them
2: <laughs> no like, um, well. and people tell me that all the time they're like if you keep crying like why do you keep naming them and i think it's more of a respect thing again like you know i can go into my freezer and say like oh this is you know this is kennedy or this is you know nixon but to me it's a respect thing i think and um, it's gonna be sad when you get
0: to lincoln that one's gonna be tough
2: <laughs> actually my dog's <laughs> name is lincoln so oh, that's
0: like a- <laughs> let's hope you never have to make that decision nope. um, yeah. <laughs> Wow, this got dark real quick, Matt. You got your hand raised, man.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. So with with with, I'm sorry, I still got it up there, but no. With with the turkey and everything, that's pretty awesome. Now, do you you do you hunt wild turkeys as well?
2: I do. Yeah that that was one thing. Um, I got them before I had went into my first season, and so I remember thinking, um, you know, I'm now emotionally attached to these turkeys. Um, am I going to even be able to kill a wild turkey? I didn't know if that was, you know, going to be in within my capabilities emotionally, right? Like, um, it's just, it's totally not the same. I'm just going to put it out there. It's not like you have a turkey that is at your home and your homestead and, you know, you cuddle with them and a wild turkey is going to get you fired up. It's still a wild turkey. So, um, I was able to harvest my turkey last spring. Um, and that was the last day of the season. So that, too, that was like, that was a, yeah, that was crazy.
1: That's cool. Um, So back to the TikTok, Instagram stuff. I know it seems like more and more with social media, we're going to a more horizontal video or a, a vertical video platform. You know, people who want to see videos, they don't want to see pictures. Yeah. Um. So with, with Parker and I, you know, we do a lot of filming. Um, on the YouTube side everything have you ever thought about possibly filming your hunts and that yeah.
2: so I've tried um and that first buck him I actually did get him on my GoPro and then I went on a work trip, uh, like immediately after and I lost my SD card like during no. my work trip. so that I cried like to me that was like I mean that was you know one of the biggest days of my life, and I had the footage, and then I lost it. So that that really hurt. But I've tried self filming. um, But I will say I feel like as a rookie hunter, I have to tiptoe careful line where I see everyone else posting their their filmed hunts where they're self filming, and I have to take a step back and be like, they've already been hunting for you know five or ten years, and then they started self filming. So. Um, The line I teeter on is like, am I gonna put too much focus on trying to get that hunt on film, and then I potentially, you know, miss an opportunity at that animal because you know I I messed up or something because I was focusing on the wrong thing. I feel like I'm still so new that I am trying to prioritize, but also I understand like that is the part of building content, right? Like I want to work with certain companies, and like producing that content is important. And the easiest way to do that is to self-film your hunt. So I've been trying, I'm dabbling Um, this season. I I definitely put on this white tail season. I definitely put a lot more emphasis on it, but I, then I actually wasn't able to harvest a single deer. So, you know, like that's on the token of that, like that's hunting at the end of the day. So um, I've been trying, but um, I literally just posted my first YouTube video like yesterday. So that's a whole new learning curve. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but it's definitely something I want to do. So.
0: Yeah. Just in, in that space of video, I mean, you're, you're producing these, these short, you know, uh, short content videos on TikTok, Instagram, things like that. Um, but you're, you're showing your face, right? Like it's, it's completely like people see you, you know, it's video content. Um, Mm -hmm. I always I always tell my wife, like, I, I completely trust her. I don't trust men in general, right? So I want to know just, is that something that you, like, obviously you're a female who's putting content on the internet. There's creepies. There's There are creepies out there. They yeah. exist, and we all know that, and we see them in the comments section. Um, Is that a concern that you actually, like, legitimately worry about? Um, and for other women who want to put content out there too, like, are there things that you're doing to kind of protect yourself in that regard?
2: Yeah. And I will say I was very naive to it in the beginning. Um, like if I pulled up to a public land spot, I would take a like, while I'm still there, I would take a picture of where I was at and post it. Cause like, you know, I'm at the time I'm like, I didn't realize like, you don't tell your spots, you yeah, the don't, etiquette, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah um I just wanted people to know like hey these are opportunities like if I can do it you can do it and like these are opportunities in the area um and I I got a DM one day that was like hey like um you might not want to do that especially if you're by yourself um because like if people see your location and they're in the area like they could immediately pull up to the same public land parking lot so now I definitely I mean the second my accounts did start getting a little bigger um I was a lot more cognizant of that, and so now i I won't post it till after I leave or like I'm already home or um, I mean I do try to be a little careful, but I wouldn't say it's actually it's not that bad like I definitely get creepy d m s but I think again, kind of like i'm not i don't know, I feel like I'm not posting certain content that gets me a lot of that um like creepy, creepy yeah, men, I, I guess. It makes yeah. Sense. yeah. So, um, but to other women doing it, I mean, that that's one thing I never thought about. Just like, be really careful where you're posting your location. I have, I've posted some TikToks where I'm like fishing or something and someone's like, oh, I know exactly where you're at. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like how do yeah. people do that? They just see a rock in some water and they're <laughs> like, yep, I know where she is.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, freaking you, you show the right, r- the right ripple in a water in in a lake and people are like, Oh, I know, I've been, I've I know that been, lake. I know I caught a bunch of big fish right there. Um, it, it does, God. it does give me a lot more hope for humanity. I'm encouraged that you said that it's not like a crazy amount because yeah. sometimes like when you're like, you read these comments of, of grown men, you know what I mean? Like, grown men writing like, these
2: that's what i always think about i'm like that's someone's dad yeah i'm like dad is in my comments like talking about you know xyz like that's great
0: that's uh it blows uh, my mind golly yeah. i can't
2: i will say though like hunting made me a lot more comfortable with guns so i did get you know that's my own great. handgun Heck and yeah. you know i got my own house so that definitely was uh warranted so i definitely feel a lot like safer in that aspect
1: excellent so so you you didn't have any guns before you started hunting you 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 were you were vegan you know and then you jump you jump right in you jump right (laughs) into the the middle of it Um, she got a rebel flag jacket too yeah it's it's (laughs) it's awesome but like um kind of what what were your hobbies i guess before hunting where did you hike were you involved in the outdoors kind of you know tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah, so um in college I started hiking a lot and like camping. Um big into like birding, like just like bird watching. Um so I feel like when your hobbies are already kind of like centered around that, it wasn't a crazy jump to go to hunting. Like Yeah. I don't really hike anymore to be honest cuz like you have hiking and then you have scouting. So I I have to like prioritize my time, right? But um a lot of those things kind of go hand in hand, so it's not that crazy of a jump.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, some, some women that get in think, think of hunting, you know, they're, they don't want to get dirty. Uh, they don't want to, you know, break a nail, I guess that's a cliche, uh, saying or mosquito bite. So that's, that, that was kind of what I figured, you know, you were, you are in the, the outdoor realm, but you weren't, uh, in the, in the hunting industry as well. Um, but with your content and I guess, you know, Looking through Instagram and whatnot, you can see kind of the demographic that follows you—the age, you know, women, whatnot—and just looking at your content, I mean, you're a woman who's wanting. I feel like you're a woman who wants to promote other women to hunt and that they can do it. So, like, I, I guess you take that into consideration, like when you uh, make a post or try to, you know, show what you're doing, you know, to make it more, I guess, women women friendly. Um, I, to a certain extent, um, for sure,
2: to a certain extent, um, I'm a girl's girl, like, um, but I will say looking at my demographics on TikTok, it's majority men.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and Instagram's about the same, so, I think when I made the account the thought was oh maybe I can find like girls like friends who will want to do this with me and you know you don't see too many women doing it so when I started just getting like a bunch of male followers I was like well I was like this isn't really what I
1: wanted <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's not the plan
2: <laughs> yeah that wasn't the plan but um <laughs> but so I I do try to gear it to a certain extent but nothing too crazy um I'm still going to try to be as genuine as possible. So I know some of my content guys probably keep scrolling. Um, Cause they're like, yeah, this isn't cured towards me. But, um, but I think I, I do a pretty good job at keeping it pretty even.
1: Have you found some women to hunt with or been, been able to do that?
2: Absolutely. Um, from like probably the first year and on it through social media too. Um, yeah. I know it's again, not safe, but I do meet up with, a plethora of strangers from the internet, because I'm just like, you know, I, I check out their account, and I'm like, okay, you seem like a real person. You seem like we have similar interests, Um, so I'm pretty trusting in that. Yeah, that's but
1: that's I've how made, me like, I've,
2: I've made so many like, like seriously, I've made so many like I would call them best friends like through hunting. Yeah. And I think that's a crazy thing where, you know, the the friend up in Maryland who gave me all the chickens, I purely met him through facebook marketplace because i was buying all of his girlfriend's like hunting clothes and her bows yeah and then i just kind of was like hey like i've never tried waterfowl like you seem like an avid waterfowler like can you take me out and then you know now we're still best friends so and i'm you know best friends with his you know friends with his girlfriend so it's crazy like the friendships you can make through hunting i it's unlike anything i've ever really experienced before
0: I think uh, just even looking back at some of the previous conversation of um the different goals of women with hunting um you definitely all it takes is just looking at your content for just a few minutes to to realize like you're you're trying to promote hunting you're not you're trying to you're not trying to take advantage of hunting you're promoting it um it's funny you're talking about the majority of your followers being men Every once in a while, like we spend a lot of time creating content for people, right? Like, if I put a post on the Southern Ground Hunting Instagram, I want to get, I want to get, you want to get likes on it, right? Like, that's just duh. Um, you want to get comments, but at some, sometimes I think about like how different my goals are now from when I was like maybe 18. Um, because when I was 18, I couldn't give a flip how many guys liked my stuff like who cares i don't I don't care about you and now you look at it like you post a deer picture and it's just like 350 dudes like you're literally trying to gain the like and following of a bunch of guys um it's a weird it's a weird thing for a dude but yeah, also a weird is. thing for a woman right like like that's also kind of weird like you kind of wish it were more girls more females more women
1: yeah but
2: also understanding like going into it, I knew this was a very male dominated thing, right um, I didn't know how that was gonna translate negatively into like finding gear. I will say that is like a absolute downfall of the hunting industry that I think a lot of them fall short at, and I think I think I talk about it all the time, I'm like, man, if I had an investor, like I would I would change that change everything because yeah. it's hard to find like certain brands that um that stuff actually fits and I feel like a lot of the female hunting uh clothing brands or clothing gear um I feel like they know there's not a lot of options so they hike up those prices because they know, you know, you kind of have to buy it. So we, that is a definitely a downfall of I think
0: our our guest last week Olivia um she talked about the same thing. She's like it's just crazy how little there is for, for women out there.
2: Yeah. Um, especially like to in today's age, like it's 2023. Like I, I feel like there's really no excuse at this point when there are, you know, huge companies in the hunting industry and they have maybe two pieces of, of women's clothing. Like you, you know, they have the women's section at the top and you click on it and there's four things. And I'm like, you don't, you don't even have like half the sizes. Like, that's not even that's not even right like i i don't know it's definitely it's not something i was expecting um but that is a hard thing hard thing to find i think
0: well you know i i again i have a little more hope for humanity because i i do believe that women like yourself um like olivia that we talked to last week you all are promoting it in a, in the right light and and you you've got a good thing going Uh, I appreciate your honesty and your transparency too. Like even in your posting, like it's really, it's kind of annoying when you see people who have been hunting for a couple of years, trying to tell you how to hunt and try to try to act like professionals. And the way that you do it is so different. Like it's so different and it's awesome. I think it's great what you're doing. So uh, Elizabeth, thanks so much. Number one, for putting out the stuff that you do. I, I believe that you're growing the hunting industry or growing the sport and promoting the sport in a, in a good light so thank you for that and thanks for coming on the show
2: thank you i really appreciate it and thanks for the opportunity to talk to y'all take a time
0: hey before we wrap yes. up before we wrap up elizabeth tell us uh tell everybody where they can find more of your stuff
2: yep so instagram and tiktok are both at rookie underscore hunting and then my youtube is rookie hunting outdoors
0: awesome fantastic y'all blow this up go the, this is a new youtube channel right is that what yeah. I gathered? Like it's brand new?
2: Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> get some
0: subscribers you. on this thing. I'm, I'm excited about watch. Number one, I'm excited about watching you um, still learning to hunt and also self-filming because that's going to be awesome. And it's going to be really cool when you make it, when it all just like comes together. So let's blow that thing up. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Matt, thanks for being here. Elizabeth, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.